This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find out what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Kendall Kalt, basketball analyst for Sikkim365.com and also for this show, even if he doesn't realize that, is actually doing this segment. And where are you, Kendall? I am in Maui, Smokey. So I you know, took a, took a break from uh, drinking cocktails by the beach to just be on the beach taking this phone call that's how dedicated i am to this show unbelievable paul will ask you a question or tell you a couple of things because he's been there a couple summers in a row so is baylor good enough to be dangerous or are they just not good enough to take seriously Smokey, they're good enough to be dangerous but they're also good enough to be dangerous to themselves (laughs) they've had those stretches where they Look like, I mean, the first half, second half is the perfect epitome of what you are if you're kind of the 15th best team in the country. You can beat Houston, like Baylor easily could have in the second half and had chances if Eve Missy doesn't miss the free throw and could have put him away. But if you're the 15th best team in the country, like Baylor was in the middle part of the last decade, you're capable of blowing a lead to Georgia State, losing to Yale. You're also capable of being what Baylor was in 2014, where you absolutely put the hurt on Creighton. That's why it's kind of just a dangerous spot to be in because things break right, you can make the final four, things break wrongly you can lose in the first round of the tournament and that's not a place Baylor had been in and that really great run from 2020 to 2022. Kendall they they just I mean if you base the 2020 and 2022 is the you know that's obviously is the peak time for this team those teams were so smooth I mean everything kind of went the way they wanted to go this one um they, they kind of look like they're doing long-form improv where, look if you really hit the notes and they're funny then great but sometimes it's just not working and I I I can't put my finger on as to why, other than they're they're not as much of defensive dogs as those other teams we used to be. Yeah, Paul, I definitely agree that this team's defense puts a huge ceiling on who Baylor can be. And I think when you look at it, there are just problems up and down the roster that are not horrible problems, right? I mean, it's funny to think of, you know, covering Baylor basketball and where Baylor was in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, that these are problems for you, but the defense is not going to be good. Uh, Reggie Dennis is not a good defender. Jacoby Walter's not a good defender. Josh Ojanwuna has problems catching the ball. Jacoby Walter can get cold from shooting. Jalen Bridges has stretches where he doesn't rebound. Langston Love can be injury prone. I mean, these are the things that you would say if you were in the other locker room playing Baylor. And I think kind of the overarching issue here is you can have games where Jacoby goes 5 of 10 like he did against Houston or the Florida game where Reggie Dennis plays really, really good basketball. But when you have all of those issues, 
if any one of them can hit, and often at least two or three of them will hit in a game, like it did at Allen Fieldhouse where Josh O couldn't catch the basketball, um, like it did on Saturday when Eve Missy can't make a dunk, it's pretty easy. Those are just the things that pop up, whereas in 2022, it didn't really matter because the first half of the season, well, Jonathan Chamblechach will get switched onto a guy and settle him down, or even last year, well, Adam Flagler will hit a couple of threes to get back in the game. Baylor just doesn't quite have that this season, which I think speaks to where college basketball is just sort of as a sport that it's very hard to be as dominant as KU was year after year, or as good as Baylor and Gonzaga were season after season, where if Gonzaga doesn't win the West Coast Conference Tournament, they're probably not going dancing this year. Kendall, if the ball uh, is in the hands of somebody to take a shot to win the game, who will it be? Or is it like you just went through about five or seven names that there's not one dog? I don't think there's one definitive dog, Smokey. I think if you had to have one guy take a shot or get a shot, weirdly enough, from where he was in January, I feel most comfortable with Jaden Nunn having the ball because of his ability to get to the hoop. And he's been such a good three-point shooter lately. You're concerned with Ray Dennis that maybe he's had too many turnovers but he's probably your best player on the block. So if you could get one shot, you'd say Ray J. Dennis on the block is probably Baylor's best look. But if you just had to ask one guy, go create, whether it's a three or get to the hoop, I'd say Jaden Nunn's the guy. If your season comes down to it, I'm not upset if he gets the final shot. Kendall Ease-Misi got uh, really kind of thrown around uh, by Jawan Roberts uh, on Saturday. And, look, he's going to be a, an NBA draft pick this year. I mean, we, we know that that's, that's probably coming. But was Saturday maybe the reason why he um, would benefit from a, another year in the program? I think, Paul, he would improve a ton, and it would make sense in terms of uh, where we'd like the world to be for him to come back, get a lot better, and then he's more ready when he steps into the NBA. Um, but if I were advising Eve, and I'm certainly not the guy advising him on this front, you got to go. He's already 20 years old. Uh, I don't think he has more stellar performances next year that the NBA suddenly says, oh, wow, this guy can jump to 11 and a half feet that changed their mind. So I think he has to go this year, but I agree with you. It would be nice if the NBA had a system like the NFL where guys stay for a couple of years. So you know who in the heck you're rooting for in college basketball. I don't think that's very healthy for the sport. But, you know, we got our national guys who want to talk about court storming. Um, being the greatest evil that's enveloped America in the last 50 years, uh, <laughs> instead of figuring out how we can get the transfer portal into a better spot, both for athletes, for payment for athletes, and for the general fan. So uh, the court storming is something that, to me, is kind of fun. It is uh, probably done a little bit more than it needs to be. How much of it do you feel like is just kids following other kids or they want to be on Sports Center? I think that's what it is, Smokey. And you consider what kids were doing. If you look at kind of graphs nationally, um, what kids were doing 20 and 30 years ago is a lot more wild, right? I'd rather have somebody walk onto the or storm the court at Wake Forest, and I'd rather have them, you know, underage drinking and driving. And you might be like, well, that's the same false choice that Jay Billis and others present. But from my perspective, you look at things on kind of safetyism. What's the benefit to doing something? What's the negative cost? Uh, we have one injury, maybe, to Kyle Popowski that happened in the Wake Forest game over 25, 50 years of court storming. Uh, that's going on in major college basketball venues. We have maybe one injury that's occurred. So I think we got to step back and say there's almost no injury. This is, the benefit is it's a very fun event. And so, look, I really respect Seth Davis, Jay Billis, Gary Parrish. I like all those guys from a distance. Some of them I have met a few times and talked to. But the idea that this is just, oh, God, this is the greatest evil. We've got to get rid of it. And, I mean, Jay Billis, I think, on first take today mentioned that, well, if he just issued citations to the kid, I mean, you got to give me a break at some level on these kinds of things, right? Like, we don't make the speed limit 50 miles an hour, even though it would probably reduce deaths because I don't want to go 50 miles an hour everywhere. We don't ban alcohol in America because it would, you know, eliminate all drunk driving and certain violent crimes because you have a right to freedom of choice 
at some level. And so I just think the idea that court storming is some pressing evil issue because one guy got injured maybe one time is pretty goofy. Uh, and, you know, we sort of still have the relics of, well, there was a shoe bomber who got foiled in 2002, and you got to take your shoes off at the airport unless you pay for TSA pre-check. And so with how screwed up society is today, I'm sure it will be, if you pay an, an enhanced fee, we'll let you court storm one minute after. Uh, everything's a money pit right now. But this is just, I'm on my soapbox about this because I just think it's so stupid uh, to get worked up about this for one maybe injury. Like, we got to calm down at some level about these kinds of things. Like, come to Maui, enjoy life. Don't get worried about the kids court storming. Uh, uh, Kendall, uh, Wake Forest has security guards. We're not really having this discussion. I mean, that's that was the issue, is Wake Forest didn't have security guards. That, that's what it was. Now, I think you should pick your spots to court storm so it doesn't get overwrought. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, But when people underreact like Wake Forest did, that causes an overreaction, which is probably what we're going to have. It, it does, Paul. Um, and you can get better security. You can try and say, you know, wait a minute, figure it all out. But if the options I had were just one out of every 1,000 court storms will be Wake Forest or ban them all, I would say, look, if one out of 1,000 court storms means that a seven-foot guy has to be ready for a 5'8 Wake Forest student to run at him, uh, I'm sorry. If you let, you know, Louis C.K. used to have a comedy bit where he's like, I'm sorry, but, and in my case, I'm sorry if a 5'8 nerdy student at Wake Forest knocks you over. If you're a top 10 NBA draft pick, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you. You get a little bit better. Kendall, enjoy when you're coming back. Uh, I will be back uh, on Thursday, and then I'll be at the KU game on Saturday and the Texas game on Monday. All right, buddy. Good good to see you. Good to talk to you. Enjoy. Uh, very good, the commitment from the beach or somewhere near uh, in Maui. Uh, and what a great, great segment. Funny one, too. Kind of stand-up comedian-type stuff, he and Paul. When we come back, Paul Catalina and the top five. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.